sisters around the world. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God Almighty. God is so good to us. We are alive. Amen. We're not in the grave. We're not buried under clay and dirt. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are alive. We have been resurrected. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is so good to us. 
Let's go in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, praise your holy name. Thank you, Father, for getting us through this week. Thank you for getting us through the entire month of July. Thank you, Father, for getting us through half of the year and more. Thank you, Father, that you have waken us up from our sleep and that we can see better now. Thank you, Father, for showing us the truth. Thank you for showing us the light, for delivering us from darkness and transforming us to your glorious light. Heavenly Father, we do pray, Lord, for our brothers and sisters around the world in different nations, in Algeria, in Australia, in Jamaica, in Korea, South Africa, Zimbabwe, and America, and other nations. We lift them up to you, Father. You know each and every one as they are seeking you, seeking your face, seeking your voice and your truth, that they will find. And we pray, Lord, that they will become more centered into the center of your will. We ask, Father, that you help us with this sermon today, that we would understand better, that the confusion will be gone, and that we will have better eyesight into the future and be better prepared for the future spiritually and not just physically. We ask, Lord, your will be done in all of this. And may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise Jesus. And good to see Brother Meekness is able to connect to the Internet as well. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. Praise Jesus. I got all the buttons pushed, and that in itself is a miracle. Amen. Miracles happen all the time. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Today is the first day of August in this Roman Catholic calendar that the Western world goes by. First day of August, 2020, and that means God did. See us through the month of July. Now, for a while, that month was flying by for me, but then it did slow down. But nevertheless, overall, it was still a pretty quick month for me. And I believe for most people, the month went by pretty quick, and each month and each year is going by quicker and quicker. And time is short, and time is going to speed up. And when we look at God's calendar, today is the 12th day of the fifth month. Let's, let's talk about, before we get into the scripture, and actually, if you want to go ahead and open up the Bible in that way, once we do get to the scripture, you'll be there. So we'll start in Jeremiah 15. In the book of Prophets, volume number four, Jeremiah 15. 
I like having the Bible open, even ahead of time and even before and after services. There is power in the Holy Scriptures. And I don't know if it's chapter 50, yeah, it's still 15. That's good. Uh, but there is power in the Holy Scriptures. I've seen it repeatedly. You know, I've been around the block a few times. I've, I've sit in a lot of churches of Babylon, different pastors, different denominations, and different groups, different ministries. And I've seen where the Spirit of God would move more freely and more powerfully in our presence, moving among the people, speaking, teaching us, and we could feel his presence when the Bible was open. But then, when somebody, even just one person in the entire building, would close their Bible, spirit would be quenched. The presence of God would diminish. Many times, it's not just the closing of a book, but rather the closing of their mind. Especially when it's getting later in the sermon and the preacher has preached for an hour or two or three or whatever and people are getting tired and people are just ready for God to shut up. I put it in harsh words because it is harsh mentality. It is carnal, sinful mentality. People grow tired of God. They want to go home. They want to eat. They want to watch a football game. They want to lay down, take a nap, whatever. And they don't forbear and persevere long enough to, for the sermon to be done and finished. And so they will close the Bible. And when they close that Bible, they are symbolizing to God by the closing of that book, the closing of their ears, the closing of their ears, the closing of their mind and heart. And God is like, okay, you don't want me to talk no more? I won't talk no more. And the Spirit of God diminishes. I've seen that over and over and over. So there is power in just having the Scriptures open. Because I open arms, you know, body language. Somebody sits with their arms folded. It says, you know, that you're mad or you're angry or you're upset or you're uncomfortable or something. But Arms wide open is body language that says, I am receiving and I am open. So a open Bible speaks to God and says, I want to hear your voice. I am open. My ears are open. My heart is open. My spirit is open to receive what you have for me. Amen. Praise God. 
So I will come up the Bible today before we even get to it. And right now I'm going to go over some of the, some of the things that are going on in the world right now. Let's review a few of the current events. I just read in the last couple of days or so that by the end of the year, they're predicting that at least, and it's probably going to be much larger than this, at least one-third of all restaurants in the United States will be closed permanently, permanently closed and never open again, at least 33% of restaurants across America to close and never open again. Now, we understand in this ministry that this world must end and we're ready for it to end. We want God's kingdom to come in 100%. We want God's government, God's laws, God's ways, God's government, kingdom, empire upon this world to the full extent. So we understand that this world must come to an end, but most people don't understand that. And this world is coming to an end, including its economy, its money, its financial finances, its governments, its empires, its churches, false churches, so forth. All of Babylon is crumbling, as I spoke about sometime in the last two weeks. One of the sermons was about that we are witnessing Babylon falling and Babylon rising, both at the same time in different aspects. So the economy continues to fall more and more dramatically. And this is really just the beginning of that. It's going to get a whole lot worse. I believe it will go well beyond 33% before the end of this year of restaurants to close. And then that's just talking about restaurants. Many other businesses are closing and will close permanently. Now we know America as a great economic power, not just military power, but economic power worldwide. Even certain nations across the ocean uses our money. Zimbabwe, for example, Zimbabwe, where Brother Meekness is located, and thank God he has, you know, gotten back to Zimbabwe safe and sound and in a good, nice, comfortable motel for his quarantine. And he'll be having the, choose, uh, uh, the test on Tuesday. And if it shows negative, then they will release him from quarantine on Wednesday. And he'll be able to go immediately to his new apartment. So we'll continue to keep Brother Meekness in prayer. But there in Zimbabwe, they use the American dollar because of its strength. Amen. And because their government is not really capable of maintaining their own currency, their own money in a way that is economically feasible and uh, stable. But American money is falling apart, even here in the, in the United States. A lot of stores, businesses uh, have signs up now saying that they can't even get coins from the bank anymore. The bank is not giving them quarters, dimes, nickels, pennies, and that if you have any to sell them, they will buy your coins. And I've heard of people even 
making profit on the coins. They even pay you more than what they're worth somewhere. And, and now even, I've even read and heard that even the $1 bills and the $5 bills are also becoming uh, less available to the public. So the money is disappearing in America. And that's going to be a chain effect worldwide. Amen. The world economy, the whole world economy shakes when the American economy shakes. Amen. And then at the same time, in addition to that, we have the virus, the coronavirus, SARS-2, to be more accurate, SARS-2 virus death rate increasing multiple states and multiple nations across the world, this virus situation only continues to get worse. Now, of course, we have certain towns, certain cities, certain states, and certain nations where the virus situation has improved, yes. But there's also many nations, many cities, many states where it has only gotten worse and worse and continue to get worse and will continue to get worse. And in many of those areas where the virus situation improved, that is only temporary. We know that because we've already saw that already happen in some states and places where the, the numbers improved and then got worse again. You gotta understand that things do uh, go back and forth, increase and decrease back and forth, but overall, globally, it's only going to get worse. We know this from the Bible, just from reading the Bible. You don't have to be a prophet to know this. You don't even have to really watch the news or know who to believe and who not to believe if you just read the Bible. And if you just read the Bible, and we're going to read that later on, God willing, today in Revelation 6, which we've read a million times over the past few months. But each time we read it, we read it with a little bit of different eyesight, pointing more specifically to a certain point each time we read it. The Bible is, as the Bible says, that his word is a living word. It's active, it's living, it's breathing, it's moving and growing and increasing. And every time you read something in the Bible, you can get something else out of it and still be true. Now, sometimes we do have to guard ourselves because sometimes people will read into the Bible their own imagination, their own thinking in order to get another interpretation from it. And a lot of times that's not accurate and not true. So we do have to guard our minds, guard our hearts, put up those guardrails and make for sure that any new or better or different understanding we get from it is true. Make sure it's true and not our imagination, not our will, but truly the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ leading, guiding, teaching us into that new eyesight. Amen. But the virus rate is increasing while the economy falls. Death, more and more death coming into this world. Sickness and disease, famine, starvation, plagues, locusts, storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, 
everything. Amen. Speaking of hurricanes, we got Hurricane Isaiah right now coming up along the Florida coast. I'm not sure exactly where it's at right now. And expect it to go right uh, really close to the coastline all the way up from Florida to North Carolina, which happens yearly. We know we have hurricanes every year, and pretty often there's a lot of damage, major powerful hurricanes and storms. People are used to that. People laugh at it and party, and people refuse to move from their extremely dangerous location because they're accustomed to chaos and destruction and death and flooding and earthquakes and threat and danger and, and threat of danger. People become complacent and accustomed to living in a God-forsaken place that is being struck by judgment every year and multiple times a year. My prayer is that people will wake up to the reality that just because you're accustomed to chaos and destruction and the threat of it all the time doesn't mean that you should continue to live in such a dangerous place because sooner or later it will be your house and your body and your death because you can only cheat death only so many times. Amen. Wisdom would demand to move to a safer location. Amen. But Hurricane Isaiah is significant, even though we have hurricanes all the time. It's very clear the name Isaiah is referring to the prophet in the Bible, even if they don't claim that, that that's where it's from. I don't know what they claim, but we know as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, that Isaiah is the name of the holy prophet of the Old Testament. Amen. And Isaiah is not the correct way to say it nor to spell it. It's not Isaiah. It is Isaiah, and it is also Jesus, to be even more accurate. But Isaiah is uh, more in line with the correct spelling and, and better in line with the correct pronunciation rather than the traditional Isaiah, which is Assyrian Aramaic. And so that speaks volumes to me. That really speaks loud to me that we have a hurricane hitting right now that, or in the next few days, that has the name of a true prophet of God from the Bible. Amen. And when we think about the Old Testament prophets, we should not think just events two, three, four thousand years ago in their lifetime, but also our time, because hey, Isaiah was a prophet not only to his lifetime, but Isaiah. Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and all those and Daniel and all the prophets of old were prophets to us as well. They prophesied our time as well. So I believe this is a great foreshadowing and warning of judgment to come to America. And then we also just had 
uh, hurricane to just hit Texas as well. And then we also have all the riots, which really are not riots, but are actually truly terror attacks. They are truly terror attacks because these are Islamic groups, Nazi groups, fascist, and communist groups. So they are terror attacks, absolutely. They are not political protests. And they are beyond riots when they are using uh, military equipment that's being shipped to them from China and Iran and funded by the Communist Party and the Democrat Party, which are one and the same, two, two legs of the same beast, you could say. So we've got to realize the reality, comprehend things. The behind the scenes, what's going on behind the scenes, what is the spiritual principalities behind these events, so that we don't look at these things as riots and protests, but we see them for what they really, really are. They are invaders. They are sleeper cells that have come alive already. Over the years, we've talked about uh, during the Great Tribulation and in the final days before the Great Tribulation that we was expecting Islamic sleeper cells to become activated. A sleeper cell means, for people that have difficulty with our English expressions of speech, a sleeper cell is a hidden terrorist group inside any nation that just hides and pretends that they are peaceful and they just try to blend themselves into society until it is time to attack. They are the enemy within that's just waiting for the right moment to attack and they're not revealing themselves until it's time. Well, that has occurred and we was talking about that for years on uh, newsletters and sermons and private conversations about there would be sleeper cells activated. And not only myself, but many other people I was expecting that, knowing that it would eventually occur. Well, it finally has occurred. We've got to understand this. The sleeper cells have been activated. Not all of them, no. But some sleeper cells have woke up, no longer hiding, and are active in fighting the American government, our states, our cities, our population, Islamic sleeper cells and communists and Nazi sleeper cells are awake and active and killing and murdering and attacking and pulling down and destroying cities. And funded and supported by the evil Democrat Party. Now realize that they're in Africa and many nations across the world, but that your political parties are named after the American Democrat Party. If your political party has that word democratic in it, it is communist. Regardless of what they claim, regardless of what you believe or have been told about that political party, if it has that word democratic in it, it is 
communism. Never ever support a democratic party of any kind in any nation. Amen. And speaking of political parties here in here in the United States, our presidential election will be in no or is scheduled for November. And I'll say that it is scheduled for November for the presidential elections to determine whether Trump will stay president or whether Biden will become president. I put that as a question mark, a question about it, because things are pretty dramatic out there right now. We do have those terrorists, terrorist cells, the terror groups that are active, and that's going to become more active, more powerful, more better equipped, better funded, better organized. Iran, Syria, China, Russia, Venezuela, and Cuba, and Mexico will continue and increase their funding and equipping and training of those terror groups. It's only going to get worse. And everything that I've been listing, the economy, and the virus and other viruses and more viruses and new diseases and sicknesses, hurricanes, storms, earthquakes, terror attacks, all of this is going to increase. Absolutely. I hope you understand that. Now, I know that previously in several, several sermons, I have already told you and warned you that things are going to get worse and increase. But as they do, and as time goes by, it is beneficial and helpful and prudent that we review what has occurred, stay alert, stay informed about what is occurring and why it is occurring. Part of prophecy is not just talking about what will happen, but also understanding what is happening and what has happened. It's very important, very important. You cannot understand the future without understanding current context because current context and history leads to the future. You can't have the future without the foundation of the past and the present. So we have to understand the past and the present in order to understand the future. Things evolve, things change. And as things continue to increase and get worse and evolve and change, we see a better picture of tomorrow. Amen. So we have to stay afresh. We have to stay informed and educated of what is going on and why it's going on so we can understand the future. Now, I am concerned about the November election. Lots of possibilities. I'm not making any specific prophecies about exactly what will occur with that election, except that whatever happens, whatever happens, that there will be chaos to come after that, for sure. And so I don't know whether there even will be an election in November. President Trump just 
floated the question of maybe if we should delay the election because the coronavirus is causing problems uh, with everything. The coronavirus, you got to understand, is very connected with everything. It's all connected. So is the, the terror attacks and everything is all one big thing. It's not unrelated. Everything is related. And all of it is real. It is all real. The terror attacks are real. The economy sinking is real. The hurricanes are real. It's not just the big bad wolf blowing. There's not somebody behind the curtain blowing the wind. And uh, these are real things. Just like the Sandy Hook school shooting years ago was real. 9-11 was real. The Jewish Holocaust was real. And all these other things that these people on the Internet want to trick you and deceive you into thinking, well, none of this is real. We're just in a fairy tale. You're just having a bad dream. And the government is always out to get you. And that is Islamic communist propaganda. I want you to understand that. That a lot of the internet of what is called conspiracy theory is truly nothing but lies and propaganda and disinformation to get you to turn against your own police officers and presidents and governors and mayors and leaders and power and authority that God appointed. Amen. It is a communist plot, an Islamic plot, to turn the American population against themselves, against their own government and nation. And it has worked. We need, as followers of Christ, to grow in powerful discernment. Can you plug my computer in, please? Powerful discernment. We need to grow in discernment so that we are not led in any kind of lie or deception. Amen. We must understand that we are in a war, and war is not just bombs. War has never been just guns and bombs and physical flesh and blood. War has always involved propaganda, lies, deception, trying to deceive the enemy, and trying to get people to leave that particular military and turn the military against the leaders. That has always been part of war. Amen. And the American people, in large, large numbers, have turned against our military, our police, our government, because of propaganda like that. Not trusting the government ever by anything. When the fact is that God appointed the American government 
God founded this nation, and God kept this nation, and prospered and blessed this nation, and he requires us and expects us to respect and obey and honor our government until and unless it is run by invaders such as Obama. Obama would be a great exception to that law because Obama was not an American and he was not the president of the United States of America because he was not American. Now, that's one so-called conspiracy theory that was true. I know that some conspiracy theories are true, but most are not true, and I want you to understand that. Most conspiracy theories are junk propaganda to pollute your mind, pollute your spirit, and to get you to turn against authority, proper authority. But some things are true. And it is true, of course, that Obama was an outsider, Gentile, Kenyan from Africa that has no ability or authority to be a president. He was an invader of the White House. And America for eight years was under the invasion of Africa and is still greatly influenced. He, Obama, brought in, of course it was God's will, and we must realize and confess that too, but Obama brought in chaos, communism, Nazism, and Islam, the 366666 into America as never before. He changed the world. There are great demonic forces behind Obama. And I cannot understand why anybody would have ever voted for him. And if you did, I hope that you have repented to God. And if not, then get the hell out. Amen or repent, hopefully repent. But if you have not and will not repent of voting for Obama, then get the hell out. And I say it like that because that is how extreme the situation is. And I want you to understand the extremity of the situation. Even if it was God's will for Obama to come in and destroy America and the whole world, you choose Rather, you will follow Satan or God. And this is not a game. This is war. And in war, war is tough, it's rough, it's nasty and vulgar. Amen. War is tough. And when, when the times get tough, Tough gets going. And sometimes it is necessary to use extremely strong language to get people to wake up 
and realize the severity, the extremity of the situation. Amen. Praise God. God is good to us, Brother Jacob. Amen. Now, I'm also concerned that there could possibly be terror attacks on election day. And normally, I would be telling everyone, get out there and vote. Because it is our responsibility as followers of Christ to destroy the works of the devil, vote out these idiots, vote out the communists, vote out the Muslims, vote out the homosexuals, vote out all these evil people, and bring in the better ones, even though they're all evil, they're all Babylon, but vote in the better ones, normally. But with the situation that we are seeing and foreseeing, do you get that? With the situation that we are now seeing and that we are foreseeing for the future, I would actually advise for this particular election to stay home because we are very near to the final fall of America, and America has reached a point of no return. Amen? We're not going to be able to make America great again. We've got to understand that. I like Trump most of the time. Sometimes he's an idiot. Sometimes he's stupid. He's a fool and a betrayer, even him himself. He is Babylon. But most of the time I love Trump and like Trump, and he does a lot of good. But we can't make America great again because it has already passed the point of no return. We can't fix it. And I believe it could be dangerous to be out there anywhere on election day. I think it would be a good day to stay home and stay safe. Amen. I believe there could be bombs and even machine guns and mass shootings. That's not a prophecy. I just a concern that that is a could be a real possibility. And we've got to let go of America. We've got to let go. Because God's kingdom must come in. Amen. So I would recommend for my brothers and sisters in the United States to stay home that day. and Whatever happens, whatever happens, happens. Let the dice roll and let the dice lay where they lay. Amen. And another thing I believe that we're going to be seeing is I believe that we can begin to expect long delays in the United States mail system and probably many other postal mail systems worldwide. Uh, I saw just yesterday, I think it was, uh, a news report saying that uh, the new man in charge of the United States Postal Service ordered some of the machines shut down and some other restrictions, I forget what all it said, but already there are delays in the mail. They're saying that the mail is going to be slower now because they're trying, because the American postal system, mail system, is uh, in economic chaos and they don't have the money 
to keep in business, so they have to cut back on services. Uh, they're, they're cutting some employees and different things and shutting down certain machines, trying to save electric, trying to save different expenses. So that's slowing down the mail system. Then you've got the virus and all the virus worries and probably a lot of mailmen out sick and postal workers out sick and different things like that. Probably extra um, sanitation procedures that might slow down things as well. So I believe that's only going to get worse a lot, a lot, a lot worse. I believe that it's going to get really bad about waiting for packages, mail and packages and supplies to be received. And now the reason we should be concerned about that is survival supplies. Now, thankfully, God did. Yes, he did. Amen. Praise the Lord. He told us last year. He told us in this ministry last year. I stood right here while I'm standing there right now. And I said that Jesus said, that make your list of what you're going to need for survival supplies for the Great Tribulation, of what you're going to be able to afford to get, and get one-sixth of those supplies each month for six months, up till whatever month that was, March, whatever it was. And, and then there and behold, the virus hit, and supplies in the stores, supplies on Amazon, supplies on the Internet started drying up to where a lot of stuff you could no longer buy no more. And even to this very day, it's difficult to get certain supplies, and, and a lot of supplies are now, if you can get it, it's more expensive now, a lot of supplies. Now, a lot of the supplies finally just recently came back in stock, but are already starting to disappear again or increase in price even again. For God in his wisdom, while prices were cheap and affordable and while all the supplies, all the supplies were still available, everything was still available and affordable. God was like split up in six payments of six months and get so much per month for six months and be stumped up by that date of March. And then we had our supplies. Praise God. But I'm also then telling people that even now we should continue as possible to continue to prepare supplies. Different people are in different situations. Different people are in different situations. Some people have already more supplies than what they could possibly ever fit in a truck for our transportation to get into Flynn's place of safety. So they got enough supplies. But maybe you might want to switch certain things out now that you have more time to think and experiment and learn how to use those supplies and and what you really need and what you don't need. Maybe perhaps some of those supplies can be sold, given away or something, and replace it with something even better if you're lacking room. But I believe even in that situation, you're going to have help that will come. 
I believe even in that situation that when we get into the final 30 days of getting into safe places before the final invasion and destruction, that we're going to have more brothers and sisters in Korea, in Australia, here in America, across the world. Not every nation, because some nations are doomed for total destruction. Certain cities, certain towns, certain regions will be totally, totally destroyed. But otherwise, some people, you're going to have brothers and sisters with you to help you with extra cars, extra trucks, after extra transportation. I still believe it. I know it. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the substance is something you can touch and feel and know because it's real. And faith is real. And I know, not just believe, that many people will have more help and more assistance when it is needed, when the time comes. Amen. But, as I said, different people are in different situations. Some people don't need to really buy up any supplies because they're just going to uh, according to God's will, they're going to just get on an airplane at the last moment, a bus, car, a bicycle, a skateboard, <laughs> a surfboard, whatever, and go to where they're supposed to go with nothing but themselves or a backpack or something. So everybody's in a different situation. and Everybody needs to seek God for their situation of what God's will is for them about where you are to go, how many supplies you're supposed to get. But going back to the delay in the mail, for people that still need more supplies and should get more supplies, if you're going to order things on the Internet, you could see a great delay, a great, huge, long-time delay in getting those supplies. Plus, as the virus gets worse, those supplies are going to be contaminated the more that we wait, the longer that time goes by, as each week, as each month goes by, those supplies are going to become more and more contaminated. So it's going to be important that once you do buy something, whether it's in person in the store or on the Internet and it comes to you in the mail or UPS or FedEx or whatever, that once you do get your supplies, however you get them, even now, when you get something, you need to sanitize it. Wipe it down with alcohol. Don't waste your vodka. But wipe it down with uh, rubbing alcohol or, or wipe it down with essential oil or Lysol or disinfectant spray or you can use a, 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 a VC or what is it called? You help me out. UVC light, ultraviolet light to disinfect. Uh, and that does work. It's been proven to work. Uh, so you can disinfect it with ultraviolet light, different ways. Or, or at the very least, just let something sit. If it's something you don't need yet, if it's something that is for the future, for the great tribulation, just let it sit for a few months and let the virus just die out on it if you can't do nothing else. But I am a little bit concerned about shipping delays, and we need to think ahead of time. 
about what we need and what, what we need to do. All right, moving on to the next thing we're seeing in the news right now. We're getting into the scripture very soon here. But <clears throat> we're seeing right now that China is preparing their population for war with the United States. <clears throat> Amen. China is preparing their people for the reality of war. They're, they've got that propaganda machine in full force right now. They are really pushing the propaganda to get the American, to get the uh, Chinese and the American uh, population turned against the American government and against gov uh, uh, American people. Amen. That propaganda machine is at full force right now, and that is a warning sign of war to come. <clears throat> you know that here in this ministry, Jesus has led us to to know, absolutely know, that it's not just a maybe, but absolutely that China and Russia will invade the United States. Absolutely. It is coming. An invasion of South Korea and Australia and Taiwan, the Philippines, and many other nations. It is coming. It's only a matter of a short time. China is preparing their population for that. I just read last night. I don't think I posted. Maybe I did post this. But I just read last night that China is even calling up their retired retired older people that has already served in the military, people that's over 50 years old and has already retired, calling them to go back in the military. They are preparing for major war, and they need even the older people uh, to help fight. So that is a huge warning sign. And then we'll also see that the... Uh, the largest dam in China is uh, in danger of possibly breaking uh, and causing a huge, huge tidal wave that would cause flooding for hundreds of miles uh, in large population areas. That would be huge if that does occur. And it continues to rain. It's been raining there forever, it seems like now, weeks, it seems like. And it just keeps raining. And it's becoming more and more of a dangerous situation. And that's something we should watch. Because if and when that that dam breaks in China, that could be something that gives Iran and Syria, Russia and China, ideal or a provoking to attack our dams, even though this is an act of God, that their dam would fall, it would propel in their minds to attack our dams. Back in 2008, I had multiple dreams of the Hoover Dam breaking and it was not by earthquake or nature or anything like that. But I had found out later on uh, by God that it would be to a terror attack. And I wasn't the only one that had those dreams, but also even my own cousin 
on what I believe was even the same day that I had the last dream about it, uh, that he had the same dream. And a man up in Washington State had visions, not dreams, as far as I know, visions of not only the Hoover Dam, but also the Grand Coulee Dam up in Washington State, of it breaking on the same day, only 30 minutes apart. So that right there would tell you that that's not by nature or flooding, but rather terror attacks that are planned and timed. And I believe that it could be multiple attacks nationwide across America and multiple dams, even beyond those two. And I'm not saying for sure it would be more than two dams, but I wouldn't be surprised. But definitely the Grand Coulee and the Hoover. And I believe that that is very soon. And I believe the Chinese dam situation and other dam situations we have seen recently breaking and dangers of them breaking worldwide and including America, that these are foreshadowings and warning signs that we should pay attention to. Things like this is why we need to watch the news. But you've got to be careful what news you watch. Amen. What, what articles, what websites you go to. And I just posted on MeWe just before the sermon that we have a news group. We have a news group. And the purpose of that news group on MeWe is to give you accurate information that is not propaganda. The facts, real news, not fake news, not CNN, not NBC, ABC, CBS, those mainstream medias that are run by communists but rather, and Muslims and Nazis, but rather accurate news and not conspiracy theories. Amen. So I do encourage people to take advantage of the resources that we present to you. We spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, on finding these news stories that are credible, reliable reports to help you stay informed so that you don't have to go and jump in the dumpster and dig out the trash to find the right stuff and try to sort it out yourself. We do that work for you and to provide that service for you. And I like for people to take advantage of that, read it, share it, pass it on to family and friends, the accurate news, so that you don't have to get dirty in your mind and heart and body and soul and fall for the lies. Amen. Now, all of everything I've been talking about and more will only continue to increase. These are all labor pains. We know that in Matthew 24, it talked about uh, the beginning of sorrows, which is actually labor pains. And as a woman who is pregnant that is getting closer and closer and closer to birth, Jesus used that analogy of things happening in the world, but the end is not yet. These are just the, the birth pains. And but in a birth pain, that woman, her pain would get more intense, harder, harder, more difficult, faster, closer together. And that's what we're seeing now. And we'll continue to see things get more painful, more difficult. And this is my concern. 
is that some of you don't yet comprehend, and there's a difference between comprehending and knowing, because you can know something without fully comprehending it. And I believe that some people do not yet fully comprehend the severity of what we're going to see even before we get to the Great Tribulation. And I do believe the Great Tribulation has a huge possibility of beginning in the months around March, April of next year. Huge possibility. Could be wrong. But that is my belief that we're that close and that the birth of actually breaking forth into that Great Tribulation is that close that it's going to get severely worse. We could have a breach birth, which means that the labor is even more intensive, that it's more chaotic, more deadly, more dangerous. Instead of the baby coming out head first, that the baby trying to come out the legs first, or the two legs of Babylon rising up in this end time, those two feet pushing out first, kicking and tearing apart and causing more blood loss, more death, more pain, more suffering. Intense labor, difficult labor. And we are in for a very severe time, very severe time. And it's good that most of us, a lot of us, have some extra supplies. We may have to dig into great tribulation supplies just to make it through these next few months. I believe that's how difficult that it's going to be. And this is going to be not only physical things that we can see in the news, but also an increase in spiritual warfare. This spiritual warfare that we're all, every one of us already involved in, is going to get a whole lot worse. A lot worse. I do believe that it's true that we're going to see more and more people thinking about killing themselves and people actually killing themselves. With the economy falling, people losing their houses, people losing their jobs, their careers, their education not doing them any good, marriage problems, relationship problems, chaos in the world, the virus, so many different things, the distress, the agony, the pain, everything that's happening in this world, driving people crazy and people can't handle it. People have not been taught perseverance. They've not been taught endurance. The church, the false church, has watered down the gospel and said you don't have to worry about nothing because we're not going to be living here in the Great Tribulation, they say. They say we're just going to be flying up into heaven, sitting up in the clouds, eating grapes, while people on earth suffer. So they have put a fairy tale into people's minds and hearts, and people have not been prepared. The churches 
of mankind, the churches of women, the churches with women pastors, and these are, which are mostly Seventh-day Adventists and Pentecostals and others, have not prepared the people for, for the severity of the reality of spiritual warfare, physical war, and the physical distress that we're going to have to endure in these next few months before the tribulation and then even the tribulation itself even worse. And I want each and every one of you to understand that we must stay prayed up. We must pray, 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 pray. We've got a lot to pray for. We've got to read the Bible, study the Bible, sing and worship God, not just on the seventh day, but sometime during the week to have some time to just put on some worship music and just worship God in your privacy. That's very, very, very important. I cannot overstate how important that is, especially as the devil devils start to attack you harder, more intensely in your dreams, false dreams, false visions. I want you to understand that. We'll get into that more later. Now, let's get into the scripture right away. Jeremiah 15. Go ahead, Robert. He spoke about the power of the scripture open. Look at Jeremiah 13.1. Robert says, Jeremiah 13, verse 21. What will you say? He says, Jeremiah 13.21. What will you say when they shall visit you? For you did teach them lessons for rule against yourselves. Shall not pain seize you as a woman and travel, meaning birth pains. Amen. So Robert was just saying. He said, he rose his, put his hand up in the air for permission to speak. And he said, look, talk about the power of having the scripture open up. Look at 1321, talking about a woman in birth pains. Amen? Amen. Amen. Perfect example of when, if you use a paper Bible, paper, 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 people, <laughs> paper, people, because when you read the Bible on the Internet, even though it is still powerful, it is so much more powerful when you have the real Bible right out in front of you. A paper Bible is a real Bible. That's what we need to use, if at all possible. Amen. And because then you can see more, ver more verses that God can move your eyes around and point out certain things and point things out to you like he just did. Amen. And that confirms the sermon and it confirms the message when God does that. Amen. Now look at chapter 15, verse 1. Jeremiah 15, verse 1 says, Jesus said to me, even as Moses and Samuel stood before my face, my soul could not be toward them, toward these people. In other words, his favor would not be toward these people. Get missed the people and let them go forth. Get them away from them, and it shall be. If they say to you, where shall we go forth? Then you shall say to them, 
Thus saith Jesus, as many as are for death or appointed for death, then they are to go to death. And as many as are for famine, they are to go, or they are to, go to famine. And as many as are for the sword, they are to go to the sword. And as many as are for captivity, they are to go to captivity. And I will punish them with four kinds of death, says Jesus, the sword to slay, and the dogs to tear, and the wild beasts of the earth, and the birds of the sky to devour and to destroy. Amen. So right here, what Jesus says is that even if these righteous men, Moses and Samuel, true prophets of God, who had special personal relationship with God, even if they were to pray and, and try to intercede for the people, for the judgment to not come, God would say, no. No. I'm not going to deliver these people. I'm not going to keep them alive. I'm not going to uh, stop the war. I'm still going to bring the sword. I'm still going to bring death. I'm still going to bring judgment. Even if the righteous was to pray, even if the true prophets of God, even if my best buddies, Moses and Samuel, was to speak to me and ask me to not bring the judgment, I still must bring it. I still must bring the judgment. Amen? And look at another place over in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 14. And whoever gets there first can holler out the page number. Ezekiel 14, verse 12. That's page 111. Ezekiel 14, verse 12. And the word of Jesus came to me saying, Son of humans, son of humankind, if a land, a nation, shall sin against me by committing a trespass, a sin. Then will I stretch out my hand upon it or against it and will break its staff of bread, meaning reduce the food supply in that nation. And I will send forth famine upon it and cut off from it man and beast. And though these three men shall be in the midst of it, Noah and Daniel and Job. They alone shall be delivered by their righteousness, say of Jesus. If again I bring evil beasts upon the land and take vintage, wrath, revenge upon it, and it be ruined, and there be no one to pass through for fear of the wild beasts. And if these three men, talking about Noah and Daniel and Job, if these three men should be in the midst of it, as I live, saith Jesus, neither sons nor daughters shall be saved. But these only, only these three men, not their daughters and sons, but only these three men shall be saved, and the man shall be destroyed. Or again, if I bring a sword upon that land and say, let the sword go through the land, and I cut off from, from them the man and the beast. Though these three men were in the midst of it, as I live, saith Jesus, they shall not deliver sons and daughters, but they only shall be saved themselves. Amen. And so forth. It goes on there. And so we have a lot of people in the false churches right now. They're pastors. 
and so-called Christians all across America and the world saying, let us pray. Let us intercede to God. Let us ask God to remove the virus, stop the war, stop the riots, stop the terror attacks, stop this, stop that, stop everything. Let us just pray, 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 pray. Come with us and pray. Let's all gather to pray. Let's all pray. Let's more people pray. Well, what I say to that is you're wasting your time. Because it doesn't matter how much or how many people pray, it doesn't work if the people are not willing to repent of their sins. Amen? These same churches, these same pastors, these same false prophets, amen, these same ones that are saying everybody must pray, let's just get together and pray. We need more people to pray. Come help us pray. Notice they're not saying nothing about God's law, God's commandments, repentance. They're not saying nothing about that. Just pray. Just blab your mouth all the time. But I'm telling you, you need to do more than pray. You need to repent. Amen. These same churches continue to go to church on Sunday, not the seventh day. They still keep Christmas and Easter. A lot of them still do Halloween. A lot of them are still doing all kinds of pagan stuff, pagan symbols, pagan everything, and worshiping their own birthdays and worshiping themselves and doing all kinds of foolishness and sin. Amen. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God and that he would not hear our prayers. Now, of course, he hears everything. But that means he does not answer our prayers if we are not living for him. And the Bible is very clear about that over and over and over and over again. The Bible is very clear that if we are not living for him in the truth, he will not answer our prayers. Amen. So these churches, although I know they mean well, but they're deceived. Amen. And I don't care if they get every person in the world praying with them. It ain't going to solve anything because they're not repenting. And they're not teaching the people the Ten Commandments, the Seventh Day. They're not teaching the people and warning the people against the right names. They're not teaching the people true prophecy. They're not saying anything about that we're not going to have a pre-trib rapture. They're not preparing the people for the reality of what they are, are going to endure. These things are not going away. We cannot pray them away. Judgment has been set. It is written in stone. It is going to happen. China and Russia, Syria, Iran, and other nations will absolutely invade the land of Judah and America and the other Israeli tribes worldwide and their allies absolutely and there's not a thing we can do about it because judgment must come the wicked children must be spanked amen the dad needs to get out his paddle and whip his children it is the necessary thing we must be disciplined amen god knows what he is doing and if he loves us he will discipline us and the bible says that Amen. So, 
we got to be ready and prepared for the reality of how bad it's going to get. Amen. We got to realize that these Sunday churches and even most Saturday churches, even, they are not God's church. We got to understand that. Don't ask family members and friends and other people who don't keep God's commandments to pray for you. If they are not keeping the seventh day, if they are not keeping Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles and Pentecost and all of God's holy days, they are not God's people. They are not true Christians. I understand that their knowledge is limited. I understand that they love God as much as they can love God without the knowledge of God. But they are not God's church and they are not true Christians. So how can their prayers be successful for you on anything? We got to understand that the devil plays all kinds of tricks. Got to understand the devil is a trickster, very clever and very sneaky and very underhanded. The devil can give you a job, a girlfriend, money, career, college, education, fancy car. The devil can give you all kinds of things. But the end result is death and ignorance and unbelief in the end. These same pastors and churches that are calling for revival and prayer are still going to be greatly disappointed when they find themselves and their congregation in the midst of the Great Tribulation. And many people will finally wake up to realize their pastors did not know what was going to happen. Their pastors did not warn them that they're going to have to face the great tribulation. Their pastor did, pastors did not understand prophecy. Their pastors do not understand God's commandments. Their pastors don't understand the Bible. They don't understand God, and they don't know God. People are finally going to wake up to that reality after the nuclear bombs fall. It'll be a little bit too late, not completely too late. As long as you're alive, you can still repent. Amen. But many of those pastors have already been removed by God through the virus. Many pastors and deacons and leaders of the false church have died by the thousands across America. Many, many times over these past few months, we have posted repeatedly, here's another pastor that died, another pastor, 10 pastors, 13 pastors, 13 deacons, 13 nuns, this and that, you know, numbers of people, multiple people in multiple congregations all dying in Babylon. World leaders, which has had, God bless us so, Herman Cain to die. He was a great man, but he was also Babylon. Amen. 
he would have been a great first black president for the United States. But he was still Babylon. And we must face the reality that death can take out even those that have appearance of righteousness. God sees what goes on behind the scene. And God keeps up with the news better than we do about what these people are teaching and saying and doing. Amen. And any of us and all of us need to have the fear of God. Amen. Sometimes God had to really spank me really hard to get me obedient in certain things. And thank God he did spank me hard. Amen. Sometimes we have to be spanked hard. Sometimes we need that tough love from our Father. Because sometimes we're very rebellious, very simple, very stubborn, and very much addicted to our sins. Sometimes we need a really good slap in the face from our Father who loves us enough to shake us up, who loves us enough to give us a good slap in order to wake us up, amen, to the seriousness of the situation, amen. And that's why sometimes I use tough language and tough love is because we don't need a watered-down, sugar-coated message right now. Never needed that, amen. It's time for the, the meat of God's word and the toughness. We've got to toughen up, people. We've got to toughen up. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 6. I'm going to say that again. We've got to toughen up. Amen. All of us, all you women, all you men, we've got to toughen up. Amen. Revelation 6. It's good to see Sister Fiona signed in. Amen. Good to see all my brothers and sisters here with us live. Amen. God is doing a, a, a wonderful work worldwide. Amen. In Revelation 6, we find the four horsemen. And the four horsemen is the first four seals. There are seven seals in the end time, seven seals in the book of Revelation. And we've already been through the first four seals, okay? The next one will be the sixth that we're going to eyewitness. Now, I'm only going to review these very quick because the people that have been in the ministry for a while, they've already heard this a million times, but let me just review it very quick and then get to my point, okay? Now, your first seal, your first horse in verse 2, Revelation 6, verse 2, is a white horse. And despite what you have heard and read across the Babylonian websites and churches, the truth is that white horse represents several things, including the Nobel Prizes, the Nobel Prize for Literature, the Nobel Prize for uh, uh, 
Peace, the Peace Prize, Nobel Peace Prize, and other Nobel Prizes. It also includes the Olympics. It also includes false religion. And it includes anything that has a false appearance of goodness, holiness, or righteousness. And these, all of these, have a heart of war. The Olympics, as all the nations of the world, come together, shake hands, and smile at one another with demonic smiles, while in behind the scenes, they're putting poison in each other's food and, and praying that, they, that the other team would lose and trying to do everything they can to sabotage and ruin the other nation. And they are not really friendly. They're coming together pretending to be friends in the name of world peace and yet walking away from the Olympics still being enemies. Amen. It is not about peace. It's about each one trying to defeat the other one in each game. Amen. And the Peace Prize and the uh, Nobel Prize for Literature and other Nobel Prizes are all uh, mostly communist and Nazi and Islamic people that win these prizes for the most part. Obama, the Nazi communist, Muslim, 666 guy, um, uh, and Nelson Mandana of South Africa, who was a major communist and a terrorist who was responsible for the murder of many people and the overthrow of the legitimate British uh, control of South Africa. And now South Africa is ruined because of uh, that beast, uh, Nelson Mandana, uh, and other people that are false people of peace, not true people of peace. Even the inventors, people that were involved in the invention of nuclear bombs, uh, all of those was winning Nobel Prizes and all of that. There's a lot in that and false religion. And then we get to verse uh, 4, the red horse, that's communism, and that includes Russia and China and Syria, even a lot of Islamic nations because they're really under communism. And then the third seal, we come down to the black horse in verse 5. Black horse is Nazism. That would be Hitler. And and anybody and any group and any government or organization that hates the Jews would be a spirit of Nazism. And Nazism has a uh, fruit of famine. So we saw in the time of World War II, in the time of Hitler, we saw the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl. We saw famine ravaging really severely across Africa, even starvation in America, and across the world. But it was primarily Nazism that was bringing in the spirit, I mean, the fruit of famine. Now, with communism, the red horse, you've got the fruit of, you've got the, uh, the fruit of revolution, governments overthrowing other governments and war and division and removal of peace from the earth. Uh, and all of these remove peace from the earth and all of them result in death. Then you come down to the next one in verse 8 is the green horse. And most Bibles say pale horse. 
but it really is better translated as pale green or green horse. And green is the sacred color of Islam, and it has the fruit of disease, viruses, Ebola, SARS, SARS-1, SARS-2, the swine flu, so on, so on, so on. But it is primarily the political system of Islam. And I believe that that horse was released, I believe it was in the 60s, with the uh, overthrow in Syria, where the uh, predecessors of the Assad's family overthrew a previous government and Assad's family finally eventually came to power. And then eventually in 1979 with the Iranian revolution as well, and the current Iranian regime coming to power in Iran, which is an increase of Islam domination in the Middle East. And that is related to communism. It is related to Nazism. It is all connected. It is all connected. Amen. But as time goes by, the point I want to make today is this that when each horse comes upon the world, each spirit is released upon the world, the previous horse does not disappear. The previous horse does not go away. It does not stop. It's still there. But with each new horse, demonic spirit, that is released upon the earth by God, God, Jesus, is the one that is opening up these seals, okay? It is Jesus that is releasing these angels upon the earth to bring about fulfilled prophecy and judgment, chastisement, and the end of Babylon through a long process of time. But he brings Babylon to power. He sets Babylon up in order to bring Babylon down. We're witnessing Babylon both rising and falling at the same time. So anyway, each horse, they don't replace the previous horse, but rather they are in addition to a man. So the point in that is that with the SARS virus, we're not seeing any other plague go away. We're not seeing any of the other demonic things go away or any other betrayals go away. It's in addition to. In recent years, we saw additional new viruses come upon the earth, such as, or so-called new viruses, such as the Ebola outbreak a few times and it's come back again this year again and swine flu and different other types of flus. About every year now, there is another new flu or virus. And that is in addition to. Because once they come out, they stay. So we have the swine flu every year now. And we have Ebola every year now. So it's another one on top of the other one, on top of the other one, on top of the other one. So when people say, well, the SARS virus, very few people are dying from it. It's less than what dies from the regular flu. 
they're missing the point that the other flu did not go away. You still got those people dying too. And then you've got this new virus with additional deaths on top of the other new virus that came out last year, on top of the other new virus that came out the year before that. You get it? So as an increase in death, even if it's not a large number per virus, it is still in addition to another death count on top of that. And it continues to increase every year. And they're saying, and it's true, that this SARS virus ain't going away either. It will be an annual virus, just like all the other flus. It is an annual virus that keeps coming back and kills. If you don't die this year, you die the next year. If you don't die that year, you die the next year. But just because you ain't got it now, don't mean you ain't never going to get it. And don't everybody catch the flu eventually? If you don't catch it the first year or the second year or the third year or the fourth year, you'll get it eventually. Sooner or later, we all catch the flu. But that doesn't mean you go out and say, okay, I want the flu or I want to be beheaded or I want to be shot or I want to be hit by a train. Amen. So just because it's going to happen to you eventually doesn't mean you go out there seeking it or acting carelessly or believing that it's fake just because you don't have it right now. Amen. So things continue to increase on top of one another. It's only going to continue to get worse. And then we finally come to verse 8. As I said, the green horse and he that sat on him had the name pestilence or death and grave. The grave was falling with him. And then if you pass through the footnotes and find 8B, 8B authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and with famine and with pestilence, plagues, pandemic, and by the wild or evil beast of the earth. That would be pit bulls and locusts and ants and caterpillars and all kinds of different insects and animals of multiple kinds. We see more and more how that wildlife is turning more vicious, more dangerous against humanity. And God is using that to bring chastisement and judgment to of humanity and it only increases each year and the whole time people are like oh uh, oh it ain't gonna kill me uh it's okay oh the pit bull they're they're sweet and they're just babies and i've had them for years or my brother had them or my sister had them or my parents had them, and they're okay and they never bit no one but the thing is, just because you didn't catch the flu one year, the second year, the third year, don't mean you never catch the flu. And just because that sweet, ugly, demonic dog has not bit anyone yet doesn't mean it will never bite anyone. And I did have to bite my tongue on that to stop 
to prevent myself from cussing because the severity of the ignorance about that. Amen. The fact is that when you look all around the globe, people are being attacked and mauled and severely injured and killed by those demonic pit bull dogs on a constant basis. And many times it is by lovable baby pets that has never bitten anyone, but all of a sudden kills a baby in the house, a child in the house, a husband, a wife, a grandmother, an aunt, a neighbor, a friend, for no reason. And it is not how you raise them always. But many times, many, many times, it is dogs that have no signs of emotional turmoil, abuse, or any such thing. There's been many, many, many people that loved their dog, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue for no reason, unprovoked, the dog just snapped because the breed was created by mankind for the purpose of fighting. And yes, I know that chihuahuas are demonic beasts as well sometimes. <laughs> I know that chihuahuas could be little Satans on earth, but they don't kill people. Amen. You just get a scratch on your ankle. If, if, if even that, most time they don't even bite the ankle. They just bark. They're just loud rats on the earth. But when a pit bull attacks, they won't let go. And it's much more than just barking. It's much more than just an ankle bite. When they bite, they bite for life. That's a huge difference. And just like the coronavirus, Osiris 2, when it bites, and if you do recover from it, you may have brain damage, kidney damage, muscle damage, or other type of severe damage. You don't just get it and then just recover. But it many, many, many times, the people that do recover from SARS-2 are left behind with heart damage, brain damage, or some kind of other damage to them. So that's different from the regular flu. So we can't just look only at the death numbers, not only at the death numbers, but also at what does it do to your life? So it's much different, much, much different from any other flu virus, much different. We have to consider all the facts, not just one type of statistics. And this is all connected. So even the sword and the animals, that would be including bats and mice and rats and the, the components of Ebola and HIV and different things that were created by mankind coming together with God's creation of uh, mad scientists, Frankenstein mad scientists in China, creating these viruses, using the mosquitoes, using the, uh, the mice, 
on the bats, mixing it with God's creation, mixing it with the HIV virus to where when this virus infects a person, it acts like HIV. It is responsive to some HIV medicines. And it is there, I believe, for life in one way or another. I believe that once you catch the SARS-2 virus, that it hides in your body like chickenpox virus and HIV and stuff like that. I don't think it goes away. I think it's there for life. We know, we know from different, different individual studies that it is made partly of HIV. So it's different, and it's definitely engineered in China. I do not want you to believe the conspiracy theories that it was made in America. I understand there were certain American scientists, such as Obama and his scientists, that did go to China to that specific lab and funded it, and the Obama administration funded it, and all that. I understand that there are certain evil people in the American government and other governments, North Korean government, Russian government, the Iranian government, they were all funding it and they were all involved in it. I understand that it is a government technique of Islam, Nazism, communism, the three sixes, to dominate the world, remove your freedom and everything else. But that doesn't remove the fact that they created a real virus in order to accomplish it. Amen. And this is not conspiracy theory. We know all these things for facts, evidence, documents, videos. We have evidence for everything on the screen. So I don't believe in conspiracy theories that where you just jump to conclusions based upon a premise, and the premise might be true, but then you just jump to the conclusion from that, that is not the right way to go about things. You've got to have proof. You've got to have documents. You've got to have proof and not jump to conclusions. We want to prove all things and safeguard ourselves from <clears throat> being gullible. Amen. Do not be gullible. And don't believe everything you see on the Internet and especially from Alex Jones and uh, Steve Quell and Dave Hodges and a bunch of other false prophets. Because then you're just falling into the propaganda. Stay away from such places. Stay out of that dumpster unless you're hunting for pizza. But stay out of that trash of propaganda. Amen. Now let's look at <clears throat> Revelation 13. <clears throat> Revelation 13 is the chapter of 666 and the beast and the false prophet. We're starting verse 5, Revelation 13, verse 5. Great deception. Great deception. There's a lot of deception. Lots of intense, intense deception on this earth. It only increases. War 
increases. Disease increases. And deception increases. All these things increase. And remember that the white horse includes false religion and things that have appearance of peace or goodness or righteousness or holiness, but really it is the spirit of death and war and destruction. And so there's an increase in lies and deception where the propaganda and conspiracy theories and other things that we need to safeguard ourselves against are deceiving the people. And that's only going to increase this year big time. Big, big, big time. Already has and will. Now in verse 5 it says, uh, and it was given to him, talking about the president of Syria, the Antichrist, it was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. Notice that's not seven years, but 42 months is only three and a half years. Now, Assad has been in power for a long time, but this is in the context of the great tribulation. Once he is manifested in the sky, in a great deception in the sky, being a fallen angel appearing in the sky and a fake coming to Jesus, which will happen on the day of Purim of some year, then after that point, he has given uh, 42 more months uh, after the invasion of Israel to continue to speak forth evil things in the world. And verse 6, he will open his mouth and blasphemies against the Theos to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and those that dwell in heaven which are the angels, blaspheming even the angels, and the saints that's going to be caught up in the tribulation, he will blaspheme them as well. Uh, a call up at the end of the tribulation, he will blaspheme them. And then verse 7, it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. I want you to understand that because so many people say, well, God will protect us. God will protect us. Well, he will protect some of us. Because right here, it says that God will give power to the Antichrist to make war against the saints. That would be the true saints, not fake saints. And to overcome the saints. And that's verified in Daniel as well. And so we got to realize that many true saints will die and be beheaded in the great tribulation, which is opposite of pre-trib rapture. Amen. And we got to be ready for the reality. Some people might be protected in safe places, but Many other true saints that's going to come to the truth in these next few months and years, many of those people will still be tortured and martyred and killed, murdered in the name for the glory of the name of Jesus. 
even as all the apostles were, and even as Jesus was, and even many prophets were. Are we any greater than our master? If Jesus died, if the apostles died, if the prophets died, were martyred for the cause of righteousness, then we've got, many of you need to be prepared for the reality that war results in death. And whether we live or whether we die, whether we're protected or not protected, we need to be prepared for whatever happens to us that we need to die or live in honor. Honor. With boldness, with courage, with integrity. Amen. We need to be people of honor and an integrity with good, strong values and morals and respect and honor. And we will not die in fear. We will not die as dogs. But rather, if we die for the honor of Christ, let us do so with courage and boldness, even as we set forth example for us in the scriptures of Jesus' own courage and boldness and honor. Let us look to the examples in the book of Maccabees, 1, 2, 3, and 4 Maccabees, where even a woman set forth a great example of courage and boldness. And if a woman can do it, then a man can do it as well. Amen. Don't any one of you, don't any one of you disappoint the Lord God Almighty at that time of torture or death. Do not betray your brother or sister. Do not reveal locations of where your brothers and sisters are hiding out. Do not sell your soul to the devil. And do not betray the Lord's anointed. Don't disappoint the Lord. Don't disappoint your brothers and sisters. Don't disappoint me. I want to see you at that marriage supper in heaven. Amen. I want to see and hug and sing and dance and shout with you in heaven. I want to sit there and have that meatloaf and that pot roast and that delicious wine and that strong, strong drink with the Lord and with my brothers and my sisters in the Lord. Amen. That is going to be a great day up there in that marriage suffering in heaven after we are called up after the end of the tribulation at the beginning of the wrath. Amen. And then we're going to come back down with the Lord Jesus Christ on the final day of wrath at the Battle of Armageddon, and we are going to be riding white horses 
and we are going to be powerful and strong and we're going to be warriors and we're coming back, not as wimps, but we are coming back as the army of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And we're coming back with wrath and we're going to be following our master and Lord and God, Jesus Christ, who's coming back in wrath to destroy and to put under foot the Muslims, the Nazis, and the communists. Watch out, Obama, we're coming for you. Amen. And all his rats coming for all those rats. We'll have a barbecue. Amen. God is great. We're coming back as a victorious army. Right now, we've got to train for that day. We've got to train to even make it in to that, catch him up at the first resurrection, at the end of the tribulation and before the wrath. And we've got to train even before we get into the tribulation because we've got to be strong. We've got to be strong. Amen. But look what it says here. Not only will the Antichrist make war with us, even kill people, overcome us, but it says that the majority of the world in verse 8 will worship him. And look at verse 10. If anyone leads toward captivity, to captivity, he goes. And if anyone murders with a sword or guns, with a sword, well, with guns, he must be killed by the invaders. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. Amen. I believe in self-defense. When it's rape, when it's breaking into your house, that men should be men and defend their wives and their children and their families, even to the point of death. I believe in self-defense. I believe in killing the killers. Amen. But and I believe in war because God believes in war. Amen. But when it comes time for the invasion, you've got to understand that it is God that is going to bring those Chinese, Russian, Iranian, Syrian soldiers to your town. You've got to understand that. And because it is God that is bringing that army in to invade your town, your nation, your city, they are God's paddle. Do not fight back. You've got to let go of America. You've got to let go of South Korea. You've got to let go of Australia. You've got to let go of the empires of this world and let Babylon fall. Let all the nations of this world fall. God is exalting and bringing up the end time Assyrian Empire because that is the paddle that we need. Amen. The Bible says, it might be Isaiah, but wherever it is, that the Assyrian is the rod of his innovation, of his wrath. That the Assyrian is the rod, the Assyrian is his paddle, his chastisement, punishment, equipment of his wrath. <clears throat> Do not fight the paddle. When dad is paddling your butt, don't fight back. 
Amen. Take it as a man or as a strong woman. Take it. Amen. Now, the wise thing to do is flee to the hills because Jesus said flee to the hills. He didn't say grab your guns and fight back. Amen. But we will not be fighting the invaders. At least, not for the most part. But I wouldn't rule out some uh, Wolverine attacks. I wouldn't rule that completely out. But for the most part, we're not fighting the invaders. But notice how some, some people are appointed to captivity as well. That's part of that. And then let's get down. What I really want to get to is verse 13, talking about miracles, false miracles, or demonic miracles. Not really false miracles, but demonic miracles. Verse 13, talking about uh, the popes, uh, the so-called Pope Francis and Pope Benedict, that they performed great signs so that they even made fire to come down out of the sky to the earth in the presence of mankind. This is intense warfare, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in every aspect, in every way. This is going to be deception, warfare, propaganda, to where they even bring fire down out of the sky. I believe that they will even raise the dead, heal the sick, Heal the blind in every, everything that Jesus did, I believe that they would do. Because even as the Catholic Church pretends to cast out devils, they're going to do everything in their power to get people deceived. And we cannot always believe our eyes. There are, I know for a fact that, that there are many people that have already had extremely powerful fault visions. When I say vision, I don't mean a dream. When I say vision, I mean see something while you are awake in front of you to where you're seeing some kind of a magical spiritual manifestation in front of your eyes. And there are multiple people that I've seen across the Internet for years, especially the past year and two, saying they saw this and they saw that and they saw Jesus and they saw the rapture, pre-trib rapture, and God said this and God said that and all kinds of stuff. And it's all lies. And it is not that they're lying, but that what they saw or had a false appearance. It is really the devil transforming himself into an angel of light, as the Bible said that he would. Amen. Believe the Bible. Believe it. Because what it says is true. That there's going to be manifestations of the enemy looking like he's God. Amen looking like they're good angels and looking like they're, they're good and false dreams and false visions and, and uh, all kinds of powerful things to happen 
that people will very easily believe because they see it with their own eyes. How can your own eyes deceive you? We've got to realize we're, we're dealing with powerful spiritual beings. And they can make things appear in front of you just like God can. So we need great discernment. Great, intense, powerful discernment. Now, how do you get that measure of discernment? Is through praying more, worshiping God more, reading the Bible more, studying the Bible more, spending more time with God, more time in worship, more time singing to the Lord, crying to the Lord, pouring your heart out to the Lord, being honest with the Lord, pouring out your mind and your thoughts and your concerns and your worries and everything, your whole being, onto the altar of God, just pouring yourself out to the altar of God. That's what more people need to do. Amen. And when you pour yourself out to God, he will pour his spirit out to you. And you will gain more of an intimate relationship with God. Relationship, when it's true and true and true and intimate and deep, is fluid. It is substance. It is wet. You're going to need a paper towel when there is intense intimacy. You're going to need to wipe your tears, wipe your eyes. You're going to need to gather yourself together afterwards. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Brother Jacob just started a fire by saying, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When he said, Hallelujah, I had to shout, Hallelujah. Praise God. And you know, our worship is not always perfect. Sometimes our worship is a little nasty, a little messy. Because we learn to worship. Amen. We learn to sing. We learn to draw. We learn to paint. We learn to work. We learn to drive. We learn to do anything. And when you first start something, you don't know what you're doing. Amen. And so you make mistakes, and, and, and you don't sound right, and you don't look right, and you, and you, and you make mistakes, but you keep doing it. And don't be embarrassed and don't be ashamed of your mistakes. But the more that you worship and the more that you pray and the more that you read and the more you seek the Lord and the more you ride your bike and the more you drive the car and the more that you work and the more you do anything, the better you get at it. And that includes prophecy, preaching, singing, teaching, drawing, speaking in tongues, anything and everything. The more you do it, the better you do it. You come to know the presence of God better, the more you seek his face. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But I've got to tell you, this warfare is only getting started. And yet it's already so difficult for some people. And it's only getting started. 
So we got to toughen up. As the North Carolina basketball coach said, used to say, suck it up, buttercup. Amen. Come on now. Women and men both, suck it up, buttercup. we got to get tough. Amen. And let's look at one final passage. Look at Matthew 24. God is so good to us. And we're learning perseverance. This is one of the many reasons why the sermons are long. It's because we need to learn perseverance, endurance. Amen. And we don't want God to be quiet. We want to hear God's voice more. And we want to learn more. And we want to seek more. And we're going to spend more time in prayer. I think I'll walk a little farther. I think I'll swim a little harder. I think I'll pray a little harder. I think I'll sing a little more. Amen. Praise the Lord. Who's with me? Amen. Who wants to swim harder in the spirit of the Lord? Who wants to swim in the presence of God? Amen. And feel his spirit all over your body. Woo! Praise the Lord. And it's real, and it's okay to get emotional. And it's okay to sing and to shout and sing and to dance and to speak in tongues. It's okay. Amen. It's okay to praise the Lord because we are his children. And it's okay to praise the Lord. We are his kingdom. We are his people. We are his beloved. Amen. We are his bride. We are his woman. Amen. We are his people. We are his. And he wants to hold us tight. And we should not push him away. When he grabs us, amen, when he grabs us and wants to hold us tight and squeeze us and hug us, we should not try to get away, but we should say, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, grab me. Touch me, Lord. Squeeze me stronger, Lord. Squeeze me stronger. Squeeze all the sin out of me. Squeeze all the darkness out of me. Squeeze me, Lord. Squeeze me. Praise your holy name. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done, for what you're doing, for what you're going to do. Thank you, Lord, for calling us and loving us and hugging us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Praise your holy name. Praise God Almighty. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. And this is only beginning. Amen. If the, if the devil wants to fight, I'm ready to fight. Amen. Amen. Let's fight, man. Ready? That one's fight. I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. Amen. Y'all gonna fight with me? Amen. Y'all got my back? Amen. Praise the Lord. Is that Matthew 24 here? And let's go down to verse 24. Amen. Matthew 24, verse 24. Praise the Lord. Verse 24 says this. The false crisis and false prophets will rise and will show great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even the 
elect. Oh, man. That is powerful. Think about that. That's powerful. Such great things. Powerful manifestations. Amen. False prophets. False crises. That means false gods and false ministers and false prophecies and all kinds of stuff. Amen. Will arise and show great signs, not weak, not little, but huge. Amen. Great signs and miracles. But we can't believe it all the time just because it's a miracle. Amen. So be careful. Be careful. Take time to pray about something after you see it, after you hear it. Take time to pray and to think and to talk it over with God. Amen? And I want you to understand that prayers is not always with your eyes closed and in a very formal prayer. Sometimes it is. But many times prayer should be with your eyes wide open. Amen? Many times prayer should be with your eyes wide open as you walk around your house, as you walk through the woods, as you're driving, as you're shopping, as you're doing anything. Talking to the Lord and having a conversation with Him and telling Him, pouring out your heart, all your tears, all your worries, all your concerns, and your thanksgiving. Amen. Your gratitude, always and forever. Amen. Without end. Having that relationship with Him. Talking to Him as He is real because He is real. Amen. Amen. And uh, then you'll grow in that discernment. Amen. You'll grow in that discernment and talking over with him everything you saw, everything you heard, what you believe and what you don't believe. Lord, I saw this. Is that what it really appears to be? What is the truth on this matter? And ask God to show you the truth no matter what it is. See, that's the problem with a lot of people. They only ask God to show them one way, their way, what they want to see. But we should pray, what is the truth, Lord? What, what, what is the truth? Show it to me no matter what it is, even if it's something I don't want to know or see or understand because, Lord, I do want to know. Whatever it is, what is it, Lord? And that's the way we should ask about our own life, our own sins, what the truth is, not just dreams and visions and miracles and powerful manifestations and things in the sky, but also our own life, our own words, our own beliefs, the way we look at things. Correct me, Lord. Correct me. Correct me. Amen. Fix me, Jesus, as that one song says. Amen. So I know I've said uh, a lot of this before, except for uh, the, the most important point today is I don't think people really comprehend deeply enough how bad it's going to get this year. And we got to get ready emotionally, mentally, 
spiritually and physically. We've got to get ready to fight. It's going to be a hard fight sometimes. It's going to get rough. It's going to get bloody. It's going to get dangerous. I don't want, I don't want you to fear, but I want you to be, I want you to get your whole armor of God. I want you to get that warrior army, military spiritual gear of that helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness, that shield of faith, that belt of truth, and uh, your feet shining with the gospel peace of Jesus Christ and the sword of the word of God, and that you would pray for me to maintain boldness of speech, safety and protection over me and over this ministry building. Pray for my wife, Brittany. She needs it very much. We are under attack here like you couldn't imagine. You know, when you're in a war, the enemy shoots for the leader as well as for the other warriors on the team. And we're all under attack. But you know, a major military tactic throughout history is to try to shoot for the leader. And the devil is really fighting me really hard and my wife very, very, very hard. But I praise Jesus that the devil's tactics was revealed to me. And now I'm seeing even more clearly the devil's tactics and what the devil's been trying to do. And now armed with this new understanding and better comprehension of the situation, I will not be defeated. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. God is victorious. His people are victorious. His kingdom is victorious. We are the people of the Lord. We are the army of the Lord. And we stand together and we will lock arms, build the wall of defense, and they're not getting past us. We will hold our ground. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ for today's message and sermon. And I do encourage everybody to read the notes later, again today or tomorrow, and read these scriptures again and think about this again and even review some of the older sermons. Read the Bible, study the Bible, and test everything. If you have not yet read the entire Bible, and even if you have, I still encourage you to read the Bible daily or study it daily. And a good uh, rule of thumb, if you've not read the Bible, the whole thing, if you've not read the entire Bible yet, uh, or maybe you have, but you've not yet read uh, Maccabees and Judas and those books that were taken out of the Bible, if you've not read those books yet, then you've not really read the Bible yet. And those books are available in the Alpha and Omega Bible. And I do warn against the book of uh, Enoch. I warn against the book of Enoch. I warn against the book of uh, Jubilees and Jasper because the original ones are lost and the ones we have now are greatly corrupted beyond repair, greatly corrupted and full of demonic teachings that contradict Scripture. 
and my personal experience uh, is that the book of Enoch has brought forth nothing but, nothing but false doctrine and confusion and darkness and bad fruit. I've seen that over and over and over and over. Now I tell you that in the name and authority of Jesus Christ, as a prophet of the Lord and as your brother and as your pastor, stay away from that demonic book of Enoch. I know many, many people are into it, but that's one of those things that are deceptions and propaganda by the enemy. It looks real, but it is fake. It is as fake as can fake can be. Amen. So, but if you've not read the entire Bible yet, including the books that they took out that is in the Alpha and Omega Bible, then I encourage you to read maybe about average three chapters per day until you read the entire Bible. And that's a good rule of thumb, and sometimes maybe less, sometimes maybe more. And as you read, read slow and carefully, thinking about what it says and taking notes at the same time. Taking notes, because that is a powerful way to really learn what you are reading and help you to memorize what you are reading and actually learn what you're reading if you're taking time to think and take notes instead of just quickly going through it and then just checking it off your to-do list. If you do it too quickly without enough thought, it won't soak in enough. And uh, if you have a paperback Bible, it's better to read in the paperback Bible, a whole lot better. It's more powerful spiritually that way. I understand that some of you don't have your paperback Alpha and Omega Bibles yet, and I apologize. I really do apologize that I've not yet got the brand new updates for this past month uh, that I've been promising. Uh, like I said, I'm really, really, really majorly under attack. And so it's hard to get Alpha and Omega Bible update done, but I'm going to try to get it done within the next two or three weeks. God willing, and please pray for me and really press into prayer for me to be able to finish, and not only able to, but that I will finish updating the Alpha and Omega Bible. I'm very concerned about that and about how I'm going to get these paperbacks to every one of you in the different nations with uh, restrictions on international shipping, how we're going to work this out, that God will make a way. And if nothing else, if nothing else, then you can download it and take it to a local print shop or mail it to a local print shop in your own town, your own nation, and have them print it out for you. And I believe that might be best for most people that are in the other nations. And if you need money for that, we'll give it to you. Um, well, I can't wait for Brother Jacob. He's going to be here in two or three two or three days from now. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. God can, whoop, I cannot wait to see and to hug my brother Jacob coming here to stay with us and everybody pray for him. Amen. And uh, exciting, exciting. Amen. We'll have another brother here with us. So much needed. Absolutely needed. Amen. Oh, God is so good to us. 
read the Bible, read and study and worship. Amen. If anybody has any questions, feel free to contact me. I'll be glad to try to answer your questions. Me and Brother Robert, we're going to go for a walk. We like to take a very small, slow uh, walk after the sermon where brothers can talk among themselves privately. And uh, the uh, our brother Jacob will be joining in on that walk next seventh day. It'll be me and my gang walking on down the street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me and my gang walking down the street. Next seventh day, the devil about to watch out. Amen. When the devil sees my gang coming down the street, the devil about to walk on the other side of the highway. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Put on that full armor of God. Think about that. Put on that full armor. Put on that full armor. Especially that helmet of salvation that protects your head, protects your mind. Watch your ear gates and your eye gates because they are gates to your soul. Watch what you put in your ears and in your eyes. Be careful what websites you visit and what books you read. Be very careful about that. Okay, I love every one of you. Sister Kiki, Brother Kareem, Brother AJ, Brother Jacob, Brother Meekness, Sister Kiana, Peter, and Ehob, and Moses, and Abdullah, and BJ, and Agrima, and Zyre, and Christine, and Bruno, and Jonathan, and August, and Martin, and Yogi, and Gordon, and Andrew, and Jennifer, and Garcia, and anyone else that I may have left out, and of course, Brother Robert and Sister Brittany. Amen. And there's a scripture in the Bible. It said, the priest said, Amen, and then the, and then the congregation said, Amen. Amen.